I've struggled to record this episode for like two months now, um, as this is something that I'm still struggling with and dealing with. However, I received the confirmation needed to move forward. And I know by sharing this area of a season that is off and on, it will help others. So here we go. The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode. This is episode 14 of the Infertility Podcast. (laughs) Last week, I was on here and we got to discuss Watch Your Mouth and I got interviews and it was really, really cool. And so we're going to flip the switch now and today I am your host. I am the host of the podcast and I get to interview my wife. Danielle Joseph. Hey, Danielle. Hey. You excited? I feel like I'm in the hot seat, but um, it's cool. <laughs> Welcome to the hot seat. We gonna we no, we're gonna turn it up. We're not gonna. It's not cool. I guess we, we about to turn this up. I'm really excited to interview you. Yes, and on such a interesting topic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we gonna dig a little deep today. Yeah. Um. So. So before we get into the interview, okay. I want to define what we're talking today. Okay. Um, you know, a lot of people have in their mind what isolation is mm-hmm. um, or what could, it could be. But the definition is separation, segregation, set apart and keeping apart. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot that goes into what isolation really is. is yeah that's true so my first question is to you mm-hmm. what are the pros and cons of isolation okay so as you basically hinted to and, and provided the definition you know it's about separate separation um setting apart or maybe keeping yourself apart and so there's with everything in life i think there's pros and cons to everything uh, if I think about the pros, I think about the fact that it's necessary sometimes to uh, be in a place of isolation. If I think back to um, even a bit in a biblical context, Christ isolated himself when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and was spending time in prayer because he knew what was coming, you know? And sometimes in life we um, get into seasons where we have to kind of isolate ourselves in order to process our thoughts, to process, you know, maybe some ideas or process what we're going through our journey. Um, And for me, that's, it's a pro because you're working through your thought process, you're working through your emotions. um, And so I feel like that's a pro. I think when it becomes a con is really when it's like a long-term 
season of isolation, meaning that you've you've made the decision to isolate yourself for a long, long period of time. And I think that's one of the red flags for depression. Um, I think uh, if we talk about depression, if, if we go through the signs of depression, one of the signs is isolation um, and is, you know, isolation in a long term, long period of time. Um, so there's isolation as an individual. And the other con is when people isolate you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked, you know, I think you said one of the words for the definition is um, segregation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if someone is putting you in a position where they're isolating you, that is definitely a con. <laughs> right. So if I'm understanding what you're saying, if I if I'm picking up what you're putting down, yes, isolation is different than sitting idle. Yes, definitely, right. Because if you're sitting idle, you can easily slip into that depression state. state. Yes, because if you're in a state of isolation and you're working on yourself, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, giving an example of going through your your thought process. Um, you know, if you've gone through some type of trauma and you're taking that time out to see a therapist and you're just kind of, you, you're a little bit secluded because you're processing things, that's not, you're not remaining idle. There's work that's being done. Right. Um, I feel like, you know, in my past, if I, as I've ministered and mentored to people, for me, a red flag is when a person all of a sudden who's always active or always being a part of, of things and all of a sudden they're gone, they've gone ghost, mm. you know? So that's really like, you know, that's a red flag. Like, okay, this is the person is in a, in an idle stage, and um, you know, we're not in this life to be stagnant. You know, what I mean? correct, we should correct. always be moving, progressing, and that sort of thing. It almost sounds like you're saying that at times it's kind of good to be in isolation. Yes, right. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't agree more. I think that um, you know, a, a lot of people talk about meditation and prayer and yes. sitting and and listening. Mm-hmm. And that's really And that's a time of isolation. It Mm -hmm. may just be 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes in the morning, Mm -hmm. but it's that your time of solitude, you know? And that's like, that's necessary for your mental health. Right. You know? Peace and quiet. So tell me, when have you felt isolated? Well, um, I would say isolation is something I've dealt with since my childhood, Um, I think I've said this in previous podcast episodes, the fact that, you know, I grew up as a pastor's kid. And so I always kind of felt like I didn't fit in, you know? Um, So there's many instances in my childhood and my adolescent years that I felt isolated. Um, You know, even with you know how it is like you have a group of friends but there's some that click more you know together than others um and so i always kind of find my found myself like in a middle area a gray area and oftentimes you know with within myself and by myself so um that's something i can say that even through my childhood i felt like okay you know i felt different i felt isolated Mm -hmm. um and even now um there's instances where I feel like I don't fit in, you know, even if I think about like my workplace and certain um, groups, you know, I feel like, hey, like sometimes I don't feel like I fit in. And that's even in my, you know, adult years. And I think one of the big things about isolation when 
people intentionally or in and you know not intentionally um isolate somebody um you know everyone has a sense of like a how can i say this like an inner desire that's mm-hmm. a good word an inner desire to belong right this is true right we all want to belong to to something you know i i belong to a church and within my church i serve and there's a sense of belonging i belong um and my family and I may be seen as the strong, you know, pillar within my family. And then so there's a sense of, hey, you belong here. You know what I mean? Everyone has a desire to want to feel that they um, fit in. Right. You know, right. and I think that's something that we all can look back on, you know, even, you know, whether it's your younger years or now is like, like, where do I fit in? to all of this, Mm -hmm. you know? And so for me, I've, like I said, I feel, I've felt isolated from childhood till now. It's kind of always that question is where do I fit in? And I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine and I said to her, and this was like a month ago, I think. And I said to her, you know, this is how I'm feeling. And I feel like I'm just different and I just don't fit in. And she's like, you're not supposed to fit in. Like, you're not like everyone else. You're cut from a different cloth and people may be acting this way and you're acting the complete opposite and that's the way it's supposed to be. And that was very comforting to me because it's kind of like, we're trying to put ourselves like pieces in a puzzle, you know what I mean? Uh And we're Uh trying to figure out like, what's that missing piece? Like, you know, why don't I fit into this piece? I don't know if you've ever done like a thousand piece puzzle. Like it's- I did it once. It was very soothing. I'll never do it again. Soothing (laughs) Soothing or frustrating because it's like, I want to get this finished, you know? And so we're trying to make all these things fit. And sometimes it just doesn't fit. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. And you have to be okay with that. You know, you have to be okay with, hey, I am different. And so um, in this season, I've learned to kind of embrace the fact that, hey, I may not fit the mold. I may not fit, um, you know, this group or I may not fit this thing, but like I'm okay with who I am and whose I am. Ooh, so it's almost like finding yourself because you, you're, you're talking about isolation it's it's good to know that it's important to be like that, but in the midst of it, mm-hmm. it feels so awkward. I can't yes. tell you the amount of times I felt like I could be in a room full of people and yet I feel like no one gets me. Yeah. And so yeah. it's hard That's to go rough. through, but it's so important. You almost got to find yourself and get yes. comfortable with yourself. And it's ongoing. You know what I mean? Like I always, when I'm um, mentoring kids and I'm like, listen, like the way you think at 18 is not the way that you think at 21. It's not the way you think at 26 <laughs> and not the way you think at 30 and 34. Like you're always, throw me for a loop. Okay. Like it's just <laughs> life experiences change you, you know? Right, right, and I think right. like you can relate to this because you've kind of been with me um, in the past couple of years and dealing with like family deaths and dealing with um, you know things going on at work and different things and it's like those things those life experiences shape you you know what I mean mm-hmm, for the good mm-hmm. or bad you have to make that decision but it's like you need to understand that um, even it's an ongoing change. Like you're always developing, you're always changing and circumstances, you know, do change you. Right. Well, mm-hmm. look, you, you, you know, you told me you were a little uncomfortable recording this. You're hitting <laughs> the nail on the head. So why, why is it that you, what made you uncomfortable? Cause it seems as though you are, yes, I'm on with you. Okay. 
So uncomfortable, like um, doing this podcast. Or, yeah, well, oh, I'm you uncomfortable with the podcast. Well, I feel like this episode is um, is difficult, is sensitive because it's still something that's ongoing. I think that um, even with like discussing the infertility journey, uh, it's something that is like present day. It's not something that is like resolved. And I'm saying, oh, I got over it, and here I am. It's mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, something that's mm-hmm. ongoing. It's, it's situations that even two to three weeks ago. I was put in a point where someone was trying to isolate me. You, does that make sense? Right. So it's it's some, because it's something that's ongoing. It's really hard sometimes to talk about, um, and that goes even for the infertility um, journey as itself. So I think it's the emotions behind it. I think that if you talk about the sense of belonging when you feel that you are segregated or you don't belong, that is something that is like. That, you know, it's just like an attack. You know what I mean? Right, right, And then um, also the fact that sometimes the individual who isolates you is someone that is the closest to you. Bro. (laughs) Right? Wait, hold on. Not me, though. No, 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 no. Not you. (laughs) So that's that's when it becomes really difficult is because, like, um, I forgot... Who said this? I think it was Stephen Ivey. He was um, ministering to in our church, and he was preaching. And it's a it's about you know the fact that it's the hits that you didn't see coming. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's when some things you expect. Jab. Right. Yeah. It's like when an enemy throws a jab, like, okay, I was kind of expecting that. Like, I know you out for me. can't knock you out because you know what's coming. Right. It's like, okay, I know your tactics. I know your your way. And But it's like the, it's like the people who you wouldn't expect, mm-hmm. you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. To isolate you or to put you in that position. When that happens, I feel like that definitely hits harder because it's what you you didn't expect it right you know what i mean and so um there's a lot of emotions that come behind that you know and so um for me like that was the reason why you know i felt like this was such a um it's a great topic because one of the things i really want um the listeners to get through this is the fact that you have to understand the tactics of the enemy okay and what the enemy uses against you to trigger you. Okay. And for me, one of my quote unquote, I would say trigger points is isolation. And so the moment I realize that you are um, putting me into a place of isolation or you're pushing me, you're isolating me, then um, for me, it's a red flag. You know, it's a red flag that hey, the enemy is going to use, because my circle is so like small, even though I know a lot of people, but if you're using that, if if that's your um, weapon against me, then I know that, hey, the enemy is going to use the people who are closest to me to hurt me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so that is a trigger point for me. So I'm very um, aware and I have discernment enough to pick that up now. When Jeez. I was younger... Ooh. When I was younger, I wasn't able to understand, hey, because this is something that I'm saying is is was an issue from my childhood. 
Okay, and I'm uh-huh, 34 uh-huh. years old now, it's and still so that moment correct, hit you. and so it's still a, a point that the enemy uses against me to trigger me. So that's for me. That's what that's what isolation is for me. So for my listeners, it could be something totally different. It could be a conversation about molestation. It could be a conversation about um, abuse. Uh-huh, it can uh-huh. be. Um, so it may be even being somebody who raises their voice. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that could Flash be a trigger facts. because mm-hmm. yes, because of something that happened in their. Um, adolescent years that was not dealt with. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that it's really important that I'm exposing this area of my life to say, hey, I have, I now understand at 34 years old that this is one of the tactics that the enemy uses against me. So when I recognize that, when that fruit is um, shown by an individual, that's a red flag for me. See, Does I, that make I, sense? Yeah, you're putting down too many gems and I'm trying to keep up. I'm <laughs> no, trying. sorry. I'm like, I'm like, listen, listen. So hold on. I'm going to take you back for a second. Okay, okay. So isolation is not just being alone. Right. You can see people might confuse it and think that just because you're an introvert and at times you want your alone time right. that you like isolation, but right. it isn't your alone time. Mm-hmm. It is being isolated there you go. that might drive you. And yes. while being alone, you can meditate and you can take that time to grow self. You have isolated yourself whilst work is still being done. Yes. Being isolated yes. is being pushed aside Correct. from a situation. That's the, that's the best way to say it. You broke it down Ooh. perfectly. Ooh. And it, it you was know so what I mean? good. It, but I only fed off of what you were what you were giving. That was. <laughs> but that, that that's, was that's the best way to to break it down. You and you know, know I, I often say this. I, I love my boys. Um, I've had my group of guy friends. I've known them all since between the age of of four and eight. And I've known them pretty much all my life with the exception of one who came my freshman year of college. And we are tight. We've all walked in each other's weddings. We've all done all these things. Mm -hmm. But even with these guys who I know love me to death, we are closer than brothers. Mm -hmm. We talk on a regular basis. And if I don't speak, sorry guys, on group me on a regular basis. (laughs) I'm I'm getting phone calls like, bro, where you at? Because they want to make sure that I'm good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even when we're all together, there are time periods where I feel as though I don't fit in mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and we're sitting down and we're all in the living room laughing joking and i'm like i feel so different than everybody in this room yeah and that's the enemy's tactic it is it is of making me feel isolated yes. so that was really good how you put that yes. um that sense of everybody wanting to um to belong and mm-hmm. so i think what i picked up from that is that we almost got to get comfortable with being alone yes so that when the enemy tries to remind you that you're alone that you're okay with that Mm -hmm. until you get back into the but people still love me because you could be alone and people still love you yes and so that's really important in order to make it through those seasons because that's where depression kicks in yes and i think that we can take it a step further um and really look within ourselves um and see you know what areas we need to work in because that's something i'm like really big on is seeing okay where have i ever done this you know what i mean and also as you said like being an introvert i'm definitely an introvert but i love my people yeah Yeah. you know so I'm, i'm definitely an introvert and i feel like right now like my friends and family understand me and i feel like you do too now at this point that i after being around a lot of people for a long period of time, I have to take 
some time off to myself to decompress. But I want to take Hold it on, a you step. You got to explain to the people what that really meant. Okay. This girl will want to throw a <laughs> kickback. She will want to have a get together over at the house and be with a bunch of people at the house. And then she leans into my ear and says, babe. And I'm like, yes. She's like, you know what? I said, what? She says, I think I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> what? That may or may not have happened during Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and so she will need to take that break and, and need to rejuvenate. Yeah. But that's not the isolation that you're talking about. No. I think that you we need to... Um, I'm going to break this down. Like, There's actions that we take as an individual. And there's actions that other people take um, that we need to discern and, and judge. Hey, is this God-like? Christ-like or not, mm-hmm. right? Are Is my actions aligned with who I serve? You know what I mean? If I'm purposely isolating someone or if I'm purposely, I'll use an example, getting loud and cursing people out and blah, 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 um, and that could be a trigger point for someone else, if I'm exuding that type of behavior, who am I reflecting? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And so... Um, I think that sometimes we're so big on like pointing fingers to other people, but we have to do that in our work and say, okay, like, um, like for me, okay, isolation may be a trigger point. I have to look at myself and say, okay, am I doing that to someone else? You know what I mean? And if I am, that's something that I need to work on because I don't like it. You know, the worst thing you could do is say, I don't like when somebody does X, Y, and Z. Have you ever, ever ever been in a conversation with somebody and they say, oh, um, I hate when people do X, Y, and Z. And you're looking at them like, bro, like you're the you, number you one do person that all the who time. does that. And I remember my sister, she called me out on something. I forgot what it was. And um, like I said, I have people who can, who usually check me and it's people in my family who check me left and right. Um, I forgot what it was. And she's like, bro, you you're guilty of that. And I was like, dang, like I am, you know what I mean? I can't remember what the example was, but she did. She called me out on it and I was like, wow, like I do do that. And I need to work on that because it's not pleasing to be around. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to be, um, it doesn't matter if it's your trigger point or not being isolated. No one wants that because it goes back to the sense of belonging. So while nobody likes that, Mm -hmm. is it always bad that people isolate you? What do you mean? Well, um, you know, what came to mind while you were talking is um, when my friends from college, outside of my boys that I'm talking to, who who knows me and gets me and all of that, when my, 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 my good friends from college days... Some of them still like to go out to parties, right? In, in places, yes, in, that in, you're not like going, to, yeah, like going to the club and all that stuff, like right. that. Right? That's right. At this point of our, of our lives, like that's not the lifestyle we're leading. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, so yeah, there's that growth and development. And I think that's where the tensions kind of come. Is like, oh well, um, they're 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 not gonna accept anyways. They're not gonna go, and, and I'm fine with that. Like at this point in my right. life, it's I don't been even okay get with some I, forms yeah. Of so I don't even get invited to those things. So right. I'm cool with that. That is totally fine. But what I'm saying is like, if we're all sitting in a group and then, um, 
I was talking to you or I'm trying to have a conversation with you and you totally like ignore me or, or turn your back. And then now you're just talking to the people, you know, right. to the side of you. Like you're purposely segregating. Right. Me. So Does even though you may feel left out because you didn't get invited to the party, right. you also understand that some isolation to, at times might be warranted because they understand where you are in that growth that you're going through yes. as well. Right, definitely. So, so let's rewind and take it back one more step. Okay. Um, Because I, wa- I don't want to leave out this point because this is the infertility podcast. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> so how have you felt isolated in this season of infertility? Well, I think in... Because um, it's almost been... Two years in this journey, I think. It's it's been two years. Um, I, I say more. I don't I don't think it's a little more only because there's months that we took breaks, so that's why I, I don't think it's at a full two years. So it's been almost two years, and um, I remember in the beginning I felt like no one understands. I felt like um, even with the miscarriage, um, like I'm the only one that went through it, you know. And it wasn't until I kind of exposed that area that it was like, well, yeah, I had one too. And um, yeah, this is what happened to me and that sort of thing. And and those conversations were had. Mm -hmm. But in the journey itself, like I felt that I was alone. And like you said earlier, that is definitely a tactic of the enemy um, to make you feel that you are alone and you're not. And to make you feel that people don't understand and they do, you know. Uh, we talked about last, last podcast. They may understand where you're coming from, but they may not know what to say. <laughs> right, and, that, and that's tough. Yeah, they may not know which what to say. Which still makes you feel a little bit isolated. Which makes you, yeah, who makes which makes you want to isolate yourself uh-huh, more. Uh-huh. But um, definitely, I felt you know that um, you know people didn't understand the comments that were made. Um, you know, were, you know, I know it was from a good place, but they were not comforting. Right, right. Um, so really, I think one of the big things for me is in that, in that journey, especially that time period where I had um, the miscarriage earlier this year was like how our families rallied behind us. Yeah. Um, and really said like, you're not alone. What can I do? Um, like your sister texting, your mom calling, your dad calling, mm-hmm. uh, making sure, you know, even if they didn't go through the conversation, like, hey, you know, how's this part of your life going with the infertility? It was just like, hey, how are you doing? But I know they're checking up on me because of what happened. Right, you right. know what I mean? So definitely rallying um, behind us and checking on us. Um, my family putting together a little like box with mm-hmm. like a humidifier and like, it was really my sister. A humidifier. Give mom some credit. <laughs> a humidifier, essential oils, like aloe socks and, and a, even a book about, you know, what to, what kind of to expect when you're going through the emotions. And so I think that, oh yeah. And like all, like a lot of my friends, um, I don't want to leave that out, who, you know, constantly sending scriptures and like, you know, texting just, I'm checking up on you, you know, that sort of thing really helped to, to show like, Hey, I'm not alone in this, you know? And for me, like looking back on that, on this journey, that's something I will never forget because I know how it feels to feel isolated, you know? And for, um, individuals to make that concerted effort to show, hey, I'm with you. You're not going through this alone. Um, it 
really, really speaks volumes. And so I think that, you know, for those who are listening, who are not going through this infertility uh, journey and may have friends or family that's going through it, um, my words of advice would be like, show them that you're there. Like even, even if it's just a simple text, like, Hey, I'm here. If you just a listening ear, don't, um, you don't always have to have a response. You know what I mean? Like, cause if you, if I ask a question, like, why did this happen? No one can answer that. You know what I mean? And you could just simply say, I don't know, but you know what? I'm praying for you. And that be okay, you know? Right. So just show that you're there for them and they're not in this alone. You know, you're, you're saying all of this and it's what it's hitting on for me is mm-hmm. the fact that our friends and family were mindful not to let us feel isolated. Right. Like they knew that oh, the dark place that this could take us. Yes. And so yes. they came and got us from out, out of there. Definitely. Um, you know, I think about, and, and it's amazing when men do it because- mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I've known my boys for quite a bit of time and it, it, it's amazing to know, like one of my best friends calls me almost bi-weekly mm-hmm. on a regular just to say, how are you and right. how's your wife? And I know what he's checking on yeah. and it's not necessarily did it happen. Yeah. He's literally checking on the emotional state. I got another friend who has four kids now. Mm-hmm. Who told me, hey, I know this is hard. Take your time. Mm -hmm. There is no rush for you to come over like that. Because they know that at times it's a little difficult to be around that. And so just them checking on you and still showing you love and appreciation and telling you they understand, it plays a huge impact. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that it's, it's a point for me because I am that strong friend. I am that strong family member. And so I am usually the one that is always there for people. And so in my time of need, uh, it was interesting to see who showed up for me. Right. You know, um, very, very interesting, very eye opening um, because it's people. I'm going to try not to get emotional. It's people that I would never expect. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think it puts those people who show up in those times yeah. in a special place in your heart. And I think people got to understand not everybody showed up, not because they don't care, but because they really don't know what to do in those situations. Mm-hmm. But it still puts those people who check on you and say those things in a special place. Definitely. Because, because they, they, you know, it's who shows up, you know, um, it's who shows up when no one else is around that yeah. really matters. You know, it's I often tell people in the time of grieving, everybody's around, but it's the two, three weeks afterwards two, that you three really months need. Later. That those <laughs> months, those special events yeah. that call and said, Hey, just thinking about you and I love you. Yeah. Those are the people who really like it yeah, stands they, out. They, they hit a they hit a spot. Yeah. Hit that definitely. Spot. Um so you talked about triggering being triggered and these situations and Lord knows I got some situations that made me just feel isolated when I get triggered. And so um <laughs> what do you say to those people? What advice do you give? What do I gotta do to to bounce back? Um because I think this is important for all people. You know, there's certain people who suffer with depression Mm -hmm. but i think everybody go through a depressed state at a time Mm -hmm. and so what do we got to do to pick ourselves back up and 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 and, and keep it moving yeah i think it's it's recognizing those signs those red flags those things that like i said if it's 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 a long you know 
if if it's lasting more than a month, like there needs to be a check in. You know, therapy. Yeah, therapy is really vital. We are not therapists. No, we're not. <laughs> we are definitely not. not. <laughs> definitely not. And, and mental um, health is a thing. It's, it's yeah. very very important. And so, like I said earlier, um, it's. It's knowing yourself, you know, mm-hmm. like before the miscarriage for me in my mind, like if I was going through a situation that caused me to be upset, caused me to be sad, I would give myself about a day to like grieve that right. thing and deal with that right. thing. You get one good day. Yeah. One day out. of crying. And like, I would be like, come on, girl. Like that is enough. I remember when I did my first brunch and everyone was waiting till the last minute to buy tickets. And I remember the <laughs> Saturday before the event, the Saturday before the event, I had like maybe like five tickets sold or something like that. And um, we had rented the place for 50 people. And I was, I had a sinus infection. Like there was just so much going wrong. And I remember like, I was just so sad. And um, I remember you told me like, Danielle, like, it's gonna be okay. Like whoever needs to be there is gonna be there. And I remember as I was getting over my sinus infection, my cousin Miriam, she recorded, I think it's still on YouTube, recorded me and did like a little promo video that I put out, you know, the next day. So I gave myself that Saturday to like cry it out and just be done with it. That week, like God completely blew my mind. We went from like five, 10 tickets to not realizing that we went over our tickets and had 67 people attend that brunch. And it's like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, like my pattern is to give myself kind of a day or so to decompress, Mm -hmm, isolate mm -hmm. myself and like deal with it. Now, fast forward to when I had the miscarriage, I realized I wasn't gonna get over this in a day. You thought you only needed a day. Like I when thought you had I needed the brunch. a day. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's usually I'm just like, okay, this is this is what I'm going through. This is it, and then I deal with it and I move on. Um, and so um, when people say, you know, I really don't see, you know, your emotions sometimes, is because that's really the kind of the way I'm built. I'm like, I'm in the mentality, and I think I'll share this testimony later on in the podcast. Is um, I had a near death experience. And so for me, in my mind, everything that I've always led with in my in my life is I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. So I am grateful for everything, the struggles and the the good parts, because in my mind, I'm not supposed to be here. Okay, and so um, I'm built in that sense, like, okay, you get over it. It's over. You know what I mean? Deal with it in a day and, and it'd be done. But when the miscarriage happened, um, I realized, hey, this is not going to be a day thing. Um, I'm going to need to speak to somebody. I'm going to need to um, deal with this, these emotions. And then the biggest thing for me is be okay with being emotional. <laughs> Listen. And, and 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 I don't know. Listen, nobody told me what I got into because listen, I needed her to be a little emotional because I didn't know. Like, you want to know how to support somebody, but how do you support somebody who doesn't show any emotion? Like, I'm not talking about like not being sad. I'm talking about not being happy, not being sad, not being like just looking null. 
And it was like, I needed you to show some emotion. Um, But I also, you know, what's interesting is I needed to be isolated. Yeah. Um, When it happened for me, I went into busy mode. Like, okay, let's just keep staying busy, 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 busy. And then I had to take, I don't know where I was driving to, but God put me in that car and I needed that moment with him to have that conversation with him him yes in order to get over it and if if i was not put into an isolated space mm-hmm. i might not had the opportunity to have my moment with him as well and so sometimes it's short sometimes it's long sometimes you need to recognize it's going to be longer yes and sometimes you need to just recognize that you need to give yourself isolation yes. in order to deal with it. Yep. And so, again, there's just different types of isolation. Correct. The one you put yourself in is good. The one that's forced upon you, sometimes you need to be cognizant of it to make sure that you're okay as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is awesome. So I, I do got, I think, one or two more questions for okay. you, if that's okay, boss lady. Yes. All right. Um, when you need a moment of isolation for self-care, what do you usually do? So for me, um, I think it's important to communicate when I need that time of isolation because I'm always kind of surrounded by people. And if I'm taking a step back, um, it can be interpreted as, oh, I don't want to be around you. And it's not that. Like even I'm thinking about even in, within our marriage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, mm-hmm, I could be like, mm-hmm. I'm just, I do. I do. I could be like, you know, hey, I'm just going to the room because I need a moment. You know what I mean? Um, and it's not that I don't want to spend time with you. I just need a moment. Meanwhile, you know? I'm like, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Did I say <laughs> Let me go wash the dishes, wash the clothes, mop the floor, whatever yes. I got to do. Like, so, I don't know what I didn't do. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think that um, communication is really important when you're going to like, especially if you're married, you know, take that time for yourself and say, hey. I just need a day. Like, I need a day to just process my thoughts. Because, you know, we glamorize self-care. And sometimes self-care is not glamorous because no. you're de- you're doing that in our work, you know. Yeah. And so um, I think it's important to be very self-aware um, of your character and, and things that you do or you say that um, can impact other people. And so, you know, I take those moments um, even while doing self-care to um say okay what is going on what um is needed i even within my you know prayer time i'm reading the word but i also have um a journal i have um you know devotionals Mm -hmm. that kind of help me get through things and 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 process my thoughts and and my emotions and so um i've learned really in the past couple of years to communicate and say, hey, I just need a moment, you know. Um, I think the area that I need to work on is when I see the red flag of maybe someone who is trying to isolate me and addressing it, you know, because perception becomes reality, you know, and and what is an action um, by a person may not what be what they're trying to convey and right, portray. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so just giving people the benefit of the doubt. Um, I've talked about grace mm-hmm, on this mm-hmm, podcast mm-hmm. And, and just giving people grace um, and offering grace because grace has been offered to us. Uh, so really in, in the seasons where I need or the times that I need um, self-care or those moments kind of to myself, I think it's really 
important to communicate um, because I'm pulled in so many directions um, that it's like mandatory at this point right. for me to take a time out. Right. You know, you know what I love is that you said that self care isn't always glamorous. Yes, yeah. I, I think a lot of people they think about self care and they're massage. like, "Oh, I'm gonna go get a massage." Yes. And the ladies are like, "I'm gonna go get my nails done." And while that is relaxing. Uh-huh. It isn't the work of self-care that Mm -hmm. we're sometimes talking about. And so what I've really looked into, and I think that um, it's becoming more important the more I'm maturing in my relationships internally Mm -hmm. and externally and with God and everything like that, Mm -hmm. that journaling is really therapeutic. It is. Uh, Therapy to have somebody who is non-biased to process your thoughts, who doesn't have a care in the world about what, what you do with this, yes. they're just really about making sure you're okay is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer. Mm. Prayer. I, I don't know why for me, but prayer is very therapeutic, especially when it's sincere. We're not talking yes. about the the ritualistic prayer. Yes. We're talking about that that heart to heart with God. It's like it's 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 really, really good. Mm-hmm. Singing. Listen, I seen a lady today who was singing her I don't know what song she was singing, but <laughs> I felt whatever she felt and yes, I didn't even hear the word, but sometimes, it, and, and knowing, you know, music is powerful. Music mm-hmm. is one of God's blessings. Yes. Um, and, and so singing, even if you can't sing, sing in the car. Yeah. Um, please. Hey, the car. <laughs> um, and then finally running for me, I think is very, um, I, I think all of those while they, uh, and what you'll find is a lot of those is done in isolation. Yes. But again, that's you isolating yourself mm-hmm. in order to do the work to within. To develop, yes. Right, to do the work within. And yes. so, and, and the last piece I'll say is you're very right about communication because yes. sometimes we feel isolated by somebody who's isolating themselves. Mm, um, very true. I haven't heard from someone, so they're not calling me. Well, I ain't going to call them. They don't want to call me. I ain't going to yeah. call them. And sometimes it's. It's probably best that you do call them and you say, hey, yo, I'm just checking in on you. And I don't know if I I hope we're good. And I just want to remind you that, you know, I care about you. Mm -hmm. You might save a life Mm -hmm. with the simple I care about you. Mm -hmm. I did a um, uh, a small group session with a group of wonderful women. (laughs) And um, I had them separate themselves into two groups. And had them look at each other, group A, look at group B, um, group B, look at group A and size each other up and look at each other. And then I had group A leave the room. And while the group A was, you know, staying outside, I had group B put on different articles of clothing that I brought in and change up clothes and um, put on pins and put on scarves and different things to make their outfits look a little bit different. And I had group A come back in and I said, okay, group A, tell me um, if you notice anything different about the people that are standing next, you know, across from you. And everyone started to pick out all of the different things. And they basically, they got, I think all of them. And I connected it to the fact that when you see someone different than what they're accustomed to being, it is our job to check up on them. That's, that's good. It is our job. It is our duty. If you were always the laughable person, if you were always the one that was always smiling, and now every single time I see you, you look like you have tears welled up in your eyes, it is my human duty. Or your to, godly duty. I won't even put 
God in it. Yes. That's 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 a word. It is my duty to check up on you. That's real. And to say, hey, you don't have to talk to me about it. I'm just checking up on you and give that person the opportunity to let you know, hey, this is what I'm what's going on. It's not, oh, she used to be so, she looks so unhappy. She looks at it. Find out why. why. You know what I mean? And I've come to a place in my life now when I see different actions that I'll be very frank and honest that agitate me. I've looked past what, I look past the person and try to understand why they're acting that way. Right. And that's hard. And sometimes you don't even have to ask the why. The why might not even... The shoulder is the best thing that they can get. Yeah. Whether it's the talk, mm-hmm. lean, mm-hmm. cry. Right. Sometimes whatever they choose offer, to. Whatever they want to do. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think that this podcast is pre- predominantly women. And so I'm, what I'm going to say is sometimes it's important to give the men that shoulder as well. Yes. And they may not take it. And sometimes you got to don't push too hard, but sometimes you got to lean in a little bit and remind them that that shoulder is there for them as well. In order for them to be able to 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 process their thoughts as well, so I right. think that's really important. Very true. Well, is there any final comments you want to make on today's podcast that I got to host? <laughs> um, I would just say, um, just be careful when you're putting yourself in those periods of isolation or solitude. Um, and ensure that it's not a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And then also on the other side of that is when you feel that you're being segregated or you're being kind of pushed away, you can do one of two things. Have that conversation with that person and say, Absolutely. hey, like this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm sensing. Um, and give them the opportunity to address maybe some emotions that they they may be feeling um and if it's something that is continuous you know even if you've addressed it or not or whatever the case may be because some people they do things on purpose they know what they're doing right. um some spiteful people out yeah, there. yeah yeah so you know what you're doing so um if that's the case then you need to make the decision as a person of whether you're gonna accept it or not and if you're gonna it's allow okay it, to cut them people off. If you are gonna, you need to determine what you will, will, and will not allow in your life. Absolutely. And um, I think as I have become older and more mature, I've become comfortable with that. Right. You know, and, and making that decision of what I will and will not tolerate, and um, and walking in my truth. Walking it. Walking in my truth and walking in my purpose and realizing, hey, it's okay to be different. It's okay to not be accepted by everyone. You know, you're not going to be accepted by everyone. And that is okay. Um, And being comfortable in the skin that you're in. I think one of the big things with isolation for me is um, sometimes we seek validation. That's a podcast in itself. It is. I didn't want to go into that. That's a podcast in itself. I didn't want to go into that. But, um, you know, we're seeking validation but we already got God's validation, Listen, you know? Um, and that's something that looking back from my childhood to now is realizing I don't need anyone right. to validate me because what I'm doing now, God has already given his stamp of approval. Um, and so 
I think it's important that we understand the difference between putting ourselves in a situation, in a season of, of isolation, of solitude, and ensuring that it's not a long time period and it's not depression. Um, and then understanding when others may be putting us through that season right, right, and right. determining, Hey, what steps am I going to take? That's good. Yeah. Thank you for interviewing me. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> uh, for me, the final thing I would say is, listen, um, taking the time to process and deal with whatever's going on in your life is extremely important. And you need to take that whenever it's necessary and do the necessary steps to better yourself. But if you find yourself in isolation too long, know that there are people out there, therapists, spiritual leaders, mm-hmm. and whoever you need to, to do that. Don't always count on auntie, aunt, uncle, and best friends, besties to talk things through. Sometimes we need to get out there and get the professional help that we need. God has blessed us, and we should always take things to God in prayer. Yep. But he's also blessed the right people with the skill sets to help us get through those difficult moments. Don't sit in isolation too long and don't allow somebody to push you in to isolation. Just communicate with that person. And if it needs be, some relationships are here for a reason and some here for a season. And so just keep that in mind. Mm -hmm. Danielle, I would like to thank you for allowing me to host this podcast. This is the Infertility Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find all of our scripts down in the the description. We look forward to having you here next week. Thank you once again. Signing out. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister, or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.